this is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 109, Rising Above with Shelly Smith, part two. everybody. So yeah, this is part two of our conversation with Shelly Smith and be sure that you listen to part one. That's episode 108. So without further ado, let's hear the rest of our conversation with Shelly Smith. Can I ask you another question? Yeah. <laughs> we talked about honoring your grief. Mm-hmm. Um, can we sit with that for a minute? Can we, can we illustrate what that looks like? So what does it mean? I, cause I love how that sounds. Honoring your grief. I think I know what that means for me personally, just from personal experience, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear from you and you, Becky, like, what does that, what does that look like from a practical standpoint? Like today I want to be better at honoring my grief because I have grief right now. Okay. What does that look like? What's Mm -hmm. a baby step? What's a, what's an action item? What's a way I can change the way I'm thinking? Like what's, what do you do to honor your grief? I think it's going to be different for everyone, especially in the stage that you're going through in your grief. Um, at the beginning, I wasn't a lay in bed and be a depressed person like that or be in a depressed mindset, excuse me. And um, that that wasn't a way for me to honor my grief, although that's okay, right? So for me, it was figuring out how to not pretend something didn't happen. There you go. With my kids, I cried in front of them, mm-hmm. not to the point that it was unhealthy or like mom can't do anything, mm-hmm. but I would say, gosh, I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. I miss your dad. I loved him so much. And it, therapy was a big part for me because it, it taught me how to say the things I wanted to say, but in a way that wouldn't be damning to my children mm-hmm. and the relationship with their dad moving forward or their mom moving forward. And, um, that's something, you know, me and my ex have always felt the same on. We don't speak badly of each other ever. We don't put each other down. We don't undermine each other. Like we try, but it's, it obviously is difficult. Kids grow up, they're teenagers. He has his own life. I have mine now, but I would give myself a pat on the back for being a good co-parenting set. And in the beginning, I sure did not feel like that. And I needed an outlet to, you know, have a place to put my anger. And that didn't need to be my kids. And it didn't need to be screaming on the phone around my kids either but I did cry around my kids. I did tell them I was sad. You know, I let them comfort me because it brought realness and, um, humanness to their mom. And I think a lot of us don't give our kids enough credit that, you know, Oh, that we don't hit. That's not nice. No cry. Tell your kid that hurt you. Like it's not okay to hit because it made me sad. Like we are not invincible. We are still humans, you know, and I was hurt and, and stuff happened. So, Um, I actually really feel so glad that I honored my grief in that way because it's taught my three girls so much about empathy for others, even if they don't understand it. Um, they're kinder to friends. They give more grace to people because they, they, they know that not everyone knows what mommy and them all went through. Right. And so I think when you let the people closest to you actually in, it is very hard, but also really helpful. And I'm not talking a lot. I'm talking my immediate family, my best friend and my kids, you know, but there's rings on that, you know, in grief and your grief is centered and then you have your support system and then these rings kind of go out like a tree, you know, and 
if you're in an outer ring, you can only talk to the ring inside of yours. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't go inside to the middle ring. I don't want to know what my neighbor thinks down the street about my marriage or my divorce or how I wrote about it, right? But she also needs to talk about something, so she finds someone. So I think in that sense, it's it's tough, but something that people don't realize is when you're in grief, people also want you to move them through your grief. Mm-hmm. And I was not strong enough to even move myself through my grief, so I couldn't pick up my mom and my dad and, and or in-laws or kids and move them through my grief with me. And people want to make you feel better and understand where you are in life, which is so important to be support system. But at one point, I literally said to my support system people, I can't carry you through my grief. If I need help, I'll let you know. Uh, this is how I need you to do things with me now. And I didn't want to feel like a case. I didn't want to feel like yeah. I needed food brought in or I needed my lawn mode or, you know, I have always been strong and independent and it was hard to not feel that way. So I also had to learn how to ask for help. I had, you know, and that, those are all those things in honoring your grief because I think everyone's grief looks different and some people grieve differently in the sense of like, I'll see that person again or, hey, at least we're not da 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 I never compared because... I felt like mine was the worst grief like, yeah. you know, because I'm so self-centered like that. No, but like in the moment it was what the worst thing could ever happen, you know? Um, and then again with time and everything, you know, that's obviously not the worst thing that could ever happen, but it sure feels like it at the time. So for me, I have on my blog post, I wrote like your whole world can be turned upside down and literally 18 hours later, I was like putting the whites into the dryer and I'm like, why the heck do I have to do laundry still? My whole life just fell apart. Like someone should come in here and do this for me, you know? And then you start crying about Mm. switching laundry to the dryer, you know? And you're like, well, kids still have to wear clothes. And guess what? My twins' birthday didn't get moved till two days after my marriage ended to another year. So like, got to figure that out. And it's maddening because you literally have to put your grief on a back burner because you have kids or family or other people, you know, if you do have other people or a job that relies on you, you can't just self implode and like be complete mourning, you know? And so for me, I had to honor my grief in ways like going to therapy and feeling justified in my feelings and anger and also getting a reality check about feelings and anger. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, that's maybe a little unhealthy, you know, but (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. You know? And so, and, and to me that that's when I did lose a lot of friends, I feel like, um, it was, it was that feeling of, it it was okay at first, but now we're kind of like, are you over it yet? You know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I am not over it yet. You know what I mean? And it, and I could see how it was a drag, but then I have these friends who, and I say this, um, in a way because I've had to honor people's grief as well, just because I may not be the person for your immediate grief help doesn't mean I'm not there. I will always be here on the sidelines for you. Call me in coach when you need me, you know, I'm here for you. And a check-in is going to mean a lot more than an overbearing trying to fix your life, mm-hmm. right? Because there is no fixing grief. There is no fixing grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when people want to fix you, hey, you need to start dating. Hey, it's been three years. Hey, it's like, okay, I, I hear you. I understand you. And thank you so much for worrying about me. But guess what? The only, a lot of the reason people want you to move forward is because they don't want to spend time thinking about you as much because mm-hmm. it worries them. Right. So we're all in this like survival mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 
when you can reassure people like you are healthy mentally or emotionally, you know, then they feel better and they can move forward too. And that's okay because they love you enough to care, right? And I learned that with my family is that I still have days and I can cry and be upset, but they know I'm good, Mm -hmm. you know? And it takes time. It may take a year and it may take 10 years. Who knows? But it's that when you honor your grief and say, hey, I went through this, but I've moved, I'm like doing so much better. And like, here's how I'm making strides. Like if you're open with people about that, whether it's through a text or a letter or in person, they feel content for you and honoring your grief with you. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, speaking of how differently everyone grieves, um, our friend Emily, who was an, she was our guest in episode 95, um, she talked about how important it was in her healing process to make an appointment with her grief. Mm. And what that meant for her was literally setting aside the time to say, holy crap, here come the emotions mm-hmm. bubbling to the surface. But right now I am like in the throes of doing such yeah. and such with my kids. Tonight, I when the kids go to bed, I am just going to and mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would let it all go. Right. She would sit and just wallow. In her case, her husband died. And so she would just wallow in her sorrows and cry and like really just expressively sure. get it out. I'm curious if if ever in your grieving, it looks like that. Oh, Meaning, heck yeah. Like you, I'm like, mom, say, you got to take the kids. I can't live anymore. She's like, okay, yeah. honey. Okay. You know? And like, so then it, you just like set it aside. It's yeah. Like, I just need to grieve. I need to yeah. be in this Oh, there was space. a time when my best friend, like we were supposed to go to a movie and do something. And I walked into her house and I was just like angry. And it, like, you know, mm. when you go from like zero to a thousand, you're like, yes. what? Like you can like mm. step out of yourself and you're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Right. And she was like, okay, here you go. And she like put a pillow up and she's like, <laughs> kick it, punch it, Aww, scream at it, rip it open. That's you know? a good friend. And then I did. And it was like embarrassingly so like sweating. Yeah. Like you're just <sighs> like, I look crazy. Right. <laughs> and she put the pillow down. She's like, well, are you ready to go now? And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I love you. Yeah. Because I didn't Aww. need to sit and talk about it for two hours. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was so angry. And sometimes that comes out physically. Sometimes it doesn't. But I can't bottle it. Like I said, you know, I was saying. So I needed to talk about it. And I didn't feel like I could honor that through how I normally did, which was blogging, you know, and, you know, talking mm-hmm. and writing. So um, mm. it's people like that that I... Same, same with, you know, my dad, it, it would be just, you know, sit here and he, we'd be driving to Home Depot and he just let me cry, you know, well, mm-hmm. you know, I'm angry too. And that's just what happens. And you're just so great. Okay. Let's go get some lumber. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. Well, and I love you know, that your but, dad, in that example, he's not diminishing you, no. your grief, your feelings. And that's, yeah. that's important as a friend to someone who is grieving. And in my opinion is not to diminish it. Well, at least dot, right. dot, dot. Yeah. Oh, I know. But. It could have been so much worse. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dot, right. dot, dot. Think of something to be grateful for. Like right. all those things These are all say to people that are all true. They're all like, I mean, but it's not those, helpful. I still have those moments. I'm like, if I have to take these freaking trash cans out one more time, because that wasn't my job, you know? Yeah. And I get so angry about it. And then I'm like, man, I'm really glad someone picks up my trash and I don't have to like haul it off somewhere or like, yeah. look at all this trash we created, you know, or yeah. whatever. And you do have to flip it, but that doesn't happen at the beginning. Let's get real. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I feel very elevated and I ain't going to elevate myself that fast. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like it takes time and it takes practice and, um, something that I, and this, this is going to be me telling something positive about myself and not feeling like I can't. You can do but it. <laughs> Do it, Something girl. that I have done from, I wouldn't say the very beginning, but, you know, towards the beginning to now, is that 
um, I pray with my kids every night. And when I pray, I say we're grateful for mommy's job and we're grateful for daddy's job and how hard he works. Because is it easy? No. Sometimes I don't think about it and the words just come out, you know, because that's, it's a habit. But I'm also really grateful that I have an ex who pays child support and who, you know, is faithful in that sense because that helps me enjoy my children. And I'm not going to diminish that part of the blessing that I have even through all of it, you know. And it's, it was really hard. It was something that I said one night and I was like, wow, you're really great, Shelly. Like, you just totally did that. You know, that I'm like, <laughs> but I felt like it was this intuitive thing. Like, you need to make sure that you that your girls know that you are still grateful because he, you know, and, um, those things are hard and they don't come at the beginning. You're just angry and sad or miserable or heartbroken or whatever. But again, what I do around my children says more about me than it does about anyone else. And so if they see that mommy went through so much and I saw her crying and sad, but she still can say she's grateful for dad and that he, helps provide for us so that we can live in this beautiful house and stay at our same schools. Like it may not make sense now, but they'll remember it later. And I want my kids to remember me like that and not a bitter, sad, angry person, even though I totally could have gone down that route. And I think, um, that's part being a parent that is like the worst and best part is that your kids can make you a better person. Mm. And, um, no matter how much you like them or don't like them that day, <laughs> because there are days, you know, but I, you want to be a better person for the little humans you're raising because essentially it's your job. Right. And so, um, I feel like those little things, when you feel the intuitiveness inside, you feel like you should say that, or you should speak a kind word, or maybe you shouldn't say that thing, go with it because mm-hmm. it's usually what you are supposed to do because that initial thought is yourself telling you what you should do just seem like a fight or flight or Mm -hmm. danger you know and it doesn't always mean it's gonna be easy it doesn't always mean you know like uh, for real staying in my marriage would have been probably way easier (laughs) you know like than dealing with all the stuff I've had to deal with and learn about myself but I can genuinely say now and that's probably why I'm okay with this podcast now is that and I want um I'm such a crier I'm sorry (laughs) I want, if you're going through grief or anything that you feel like is just like impossible, I want you to know like it does get better and it changes and gets different before you'll ever say it gets better. So be like you're in it. You, you can do it. It's, I wish someone would have said that to me. Like, I promise you it won't always be like this. Actually, I think people did. And I was like, shut up. (laughs) But like, I am genuinely telling you, like, I don't have a new fancy husband. I don't have new toys. I still work hard for me and my kids. I'm still a single mom. I'm still learning how a credit card works. Like, I still don't know how to weed whack my own yard. But like, I genuinely can tell you like the strength and the healing and self-discovery that has come from being forced into this life that I have now makes me love myself like a million times more. And it's so hard, but so much more rewarding than my marriage ever was. And, or the time in my marriage ever was. And when you are solely relying on yourself, which I didn't have to do that, I kind of moved from home to roommates to being married quickly. I didn't have myself to rely on. It has made me grow up. It has made me feel brave. It has made me really proud of myself. And it's also made me a kick-A mom to three teenage girls because I can show them that I can do anything, but that also 
I love being loved and I love being in a relationship and I love someone taking other jobs for me and I'm okay with being helped and, mm-hmm. you know, doted on and loved. And, and I'm lucky to have a dad who does that. And he comes and mows my lawn and helps change light bulbs that I can't reach even with a ladder and find yourself that person. I don't care who it is, you know, that can do that for you because it shows others and your children that you're not afraid to ask for help And I think we feel like we have to be so brave or so Mm -hmm. confident all the time. But my weaknesses have been the thing that have showed my kids that I'm human too. So when they have to go through a heartbreak maybe or a loss or a grief, that they will be able to pull from my strength until they can find theirs. Shelly, we love you so much. Like so, so much. And I want to emphasize something that I know you know. As you, as, you, as you take a breath and take a sip of water, I want to emphasize something to you that even though I know you know this, I need our listeners to also feel this for themselves. I think about legacy a lot. The legacy I'm living and leaving and what I like, mm-hmm. what exists for me that will outlive me. And I am sitting here as I'm absorbing everything that you're saying. And I keep thinking about this is Shelly's legacy. You even saying, and I know I'm a kick a mom to three teenage girls. I'm like, yeah, you are girl. That's because that's who you are. And that's your legacy. And you could be gone tomorrow and your legacy is bright and vibrant and alive. And you know that. Mm -hmm. And I wish that everyone could feel that for themselves. I wish everyone could be that in tune to understand that through our trials, through the crap that hits the fan, through the ways that we navigate our way through it, even if it looks super ugly and super like not full of grace, girl, you've got this <laughs> and you are living your legacy through the way that you are doing that. And that is, to me, that's one of Thank the you. greatest examples yeah. that you set. I, I love that you're saying that. And that's what I try to do with the House of Smiths. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer just a DIY or a makeup tutorial, although I love all those things. It's um, being happy with yourself. And I, this is going to go kind of deep, but, um, after stuff happened, like the day it happened, I remember that night laying in bed going, Oh, I wish I would have had one more hug or one more conversation or one more night together, whatever, you know? And that's how it felt to me. Like I lost someone, you know, and it, it felt so hard for me. And ever since then, I, make sure to know that if my kids leave, if I leave and I don't come back, that I will have no regrets. And I have learned to like monitor myself, not be so quick to anger or quick to judgment because it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things if I'm not here to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like my kids will tell you, like every time I go on a trip, I'm like, let's take a picture because what if that's it? And it sounds morbid, but when something in your life ends so fast, so quickly, you look at it differently. Like life is so different to me. I, I know it's fine. Whatever you believe in, it's going to all be okay. doesn't mean that it's not going to be easier if you have a picture of your kid that day and then right. you lose them or your husband, you know. And so for me, my blog is a journal and I love that life. I have no regrets. I don't go and delete things because I'm like, yeah, you can go back and read what you want. Because I loved that life. It, it feels like a different life now. It feels, it feels like the life I lived before. It was right? a yeah. different chapter. Right. Yeah. It was an earlier right. chapter to the bigger story of right. your life. Yeah. yeah. And, and now I don't know what is coming. Like when, when I was married, you're just like, okay, we're going to grow old. We're going to travel. We'll see the kid. You know. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, 
oh my gosh, I have no idea. Like, is someone going to stay here and go to college with me or, you know, like, and it's, it's really learning how to like survive and thrive. And I'm, I think I'll always be in a little bit of a survival mode and that's okay. But the thriving portion of it has gotten so much bigger. I'm not Mm. scared for my future Mm. anymore. I'm excited for it. I, you know, when I talk to an accountant now who, which I never had until last year, Mm -hmm. I'm like, she's like, what do you want to do in life? I'm like, I just want to go to Target, spend $200 and not cry on the way home. And she's like, okay, but like big term, like big picture. I'm like, I just want to go to Target, spend $200 and not cry on the way home. Like, you know, like I don't have unrealistic expectations and you know, I did broaden and I'm like, I want to go visit my grandbabies and not worry that I don't have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and I'm not saying if I have grandbabies, I'm saying when, because to me it's, I, I know what I want things to look like. I don't think, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I want to know that I feel secure in the little things in life so that I can just love my life because I feel like it's the little things. I used to stress about homes being decorated and floors being cleaned and mm-hmm. kids looking a certain way. And, you know, and now I'm like, are we all happy in here? Great. <laughs> you know, check, check. I don't care if your hair's not combed. And that's a lot coming from me. I still yeah. care. It's still there. But there are, you know, I have a table in the middle of my living room that has art supplies because my kids love drawing where before I'd be like that doesn't need to be in here kids keep it in your bedrooms or downstairs you know so no one sees it and I'm you like guys, I'm looking at it right <laughs> now it. it literally brought me so much joy when I saw it because I'm like this is living yeah this table whatever's happening here I don't know what she's doing at this table but this is yeah. living yeah truly well, right because I, I know that memories are made there yeah mm-hmm, it's right? true and I like it it's hard to admit, but I'm the parent who literally bought a fridge that was not magnetic, so no one stuck crap on it. Like you can't stick a magnet. Shelly, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. You can stick it on the side. Yes, but only now, on the side. Yeah. I mean, I have a whole wall in my living room full of my kids' artwork that makes no sense, you know. And it's oh, like it's beautiful. So they much. feel so proud about that, and they're like, "That's mine." Or, "Hey, look, Grandma, what I drew when she comes over." And mm, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I had that growing up, but. I don't remember it. And I'm like, I want my kids to feel like I'm proud of the little things mm-hmm. and the big things, you know? And to me, being creative is an amazing outlet, whether it was mm-hmm. in hair school and I was coloring hair and doing hair and creating a beautiful head of hair or creating a DIY project that people thought was so great or, you know, whatever, or a makeup look or whatever it is. To me, I love to create. I feel like I've been blessed with the ability to see things differently than other people. And I want to share it because it's exciting. And I feel like my kids have a little piece of me in that. Mm. And I want them to feel like they have an outlet for that, whether or not they decide to be artists, which I don't think they will be. But like, you know, it's just getting, I probably spent 300 bucks on pens and pencils and, ooh, those markers are cool on Amazon, you know? And it was like, people were buying, you know, pretty random things for, you know, during quarantine. And I was like, art supplies? So, and my kids love it. And their friends come over and it's created... A, um, I, I was scared not having, you know, a, being in a single parent household that I don't, I wanted to make sure that we had communication and that we had open conversation because it is different for kids. And so, and kids are on their phones a lot and on social yeah. media and they can, and I get it. I love it too, you know, mm-hmm. but when you have the art table, like you can turn on a show, which I also never had a TV in my front room mm-hmm. and now I have one and I'm like, let's all watch something together because I can't talk to you anymore. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mommy needs a break from all the talking, yep. you know, and it's like you have three kids coming at you telling you the same thing and you're like, 
I need to act interested. I'm a good mom, you know. And you're yeah. like, somebody turn on Cupcake Wars and zone out drawing yes. something, you know. And it's it's like they're toddlers, but now they're teenagers. It's right. literally the same thing. It's just the, the shows thing. change and the art supplies changes. But it's, thank goodness the shows change. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! But like that, I've I've learned that my kids will get off their phone and come and draw or trace or like do a tutorial on YouTube, you know, and. In that, they'll talk to each other and they'll talk to me and it opens up conversations. I mean, we've had so many talks right here. Like, I can't even tell you, you know, mm-hmm. these walls could these talk. Walls and, yeah. could like, talk. It's, yes. it's those things where it's like we're crying and then we're laughing and then we're mm-hmm. dancing and then someone hurts someone and it's okay. It's all over. And, you know, but we're together and that's all that matters. Right. To me. And so, and we feel safe and we feel taken care of because mommy makes them feel safe and I feel confident in what I'm doing. And so I think you can't fix you and you can't. Like if if you can't fix you, you can't fix others. So if your kids are having a hard time, you need to make sure you're working on yourself just as much, if not more than your kids in that moment with your grief, because you can't, you have to figure out yourself and be selfish. If that's what you want to call it, I call it self-care, self-love. But you have to do that before your kids can feel your happiness with yourself Mm -hmm. for themselves and it's very apparent some people don't think it is but you can see it through kids you know my mom really loves herself my mom's great like and and how they grow up like I have taught my kids to be very complimentary and very kind to each other I don't let them have play dates if they don't like each other I'm like oh that sucks you have to learn how to like each other before you can like Mm. other people Mm -hmm. they're like but she's just annoying and I'm like yeah well it's your sister so you gotta figure it out yeah because I want that family totally right and so and I think especially now as a single mom I want my girls to always be close to me Mm -hmm. I want them to feel like they can talk to me about their marriages and their you know pitfalls and their excitement Mm -hmm. and their happinesses and know that I'm there for them and I I felt like that before but not like I do now I'll tell you what Shelly Smith if there's one thing I believe about (laughs) you as a friend it's that your girls absolutely have that safety in you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I believe about you, but that is one thing that it sits at the top is that those are kids who know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. They are not judged. They are forever going to be valued and not dismissed in any way for any reason, no matter what choices they make in their life. And that is my wish for every child that exists. Mm-hmm. And that is the greatest gift you are giving to those girls. Thanks. No question about it. And it's in, and I, I hope that, doesn't come off that I'm just like, yes, I'm your best friend. You can do whatever. No, I still yell at my kids and scream at my kids and spank my kids. And I still want to spank other people's kids. Like, yes. we don't do that anymore. Like, I'm in Target. I'm like, do you want me to spank him for you? Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't spank. Why? Oh my gosh. Like, kids are running away tower. from their parents. I would like trip them on the way and be like, I got it. I got him for you. But like, I was a very stern, strict parent. And what I expected of my kids as far as respect for adults and respect for other people's things and feelings and, you know, all those things. But I also learned that validating my kids' feelings and respecting them so they could respect me was Mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. So when my kids were upset or my kids were happy, they went to their dads and did something and I'm like, that's so great for you. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I can go in my room and scream and cry about it and write an angry text (laughs) to my friend, but I'm not going to say it to my kids. It's not their fault. And so all those things, like no one teaches you how to do that. You don't go to school for that. You don't learn how to do that stuff. And it's all part of life and growing. And I've done so many things wrong that I can't even count, but I'm like, okay, well, all I can do is make it right today. Mm -hmm. And so I think 
you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, I just feel like such a bad mom. I'm like, really? I feel awesome. And I 100% screamed my head off to the point that my lost my voice yesterday at my kids. Like, because like (laughs) they're alive and they're fine, you know? And I'm like, and if they don't need therapy, then you're not doing something right, right. You know? And so I'm like, to me, it's not about being nice and, you know, coddling your kids or doing, like, I truly feel like being a single mom has like, I look, can look at my kids now and they're like, we got it, mom. We'll do the dishes. Like there have been times I'm sitting on a bench right now that's upholstered by my table and I just will like plop my head down on this pillow after dinner and they're like, okay, hey, mom, we got it. Doesn't happen often, mm. but my kids will rally and just do stuff because they're like, mom's exhausted and it doesn't happen often. I still have those like, oh my gosh, you need to do your project and we have to go get a poster board from CVS because it's the only thing open right now. You know, we still have those moments all the time, but my kids have learned to read cues from me that just because I'm mom doesn't mean I can do everything. And they have learned to help me so much. And now they don't, you know, buy me gifts. They go down and clean the basement to surprise me or they take out the trash to surprise me. And that means so much to me because I, I, I can't vocalize why, I guess. But to me, I think, oh my gosh, I'm doing a good job because they realize that my load needs to be lightened and that will help in their marriage or their partnerships later and with their children, mm-hmm. because I don't think I respected my parents in that mm-hmm. aspect, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's above beyond and beyond just like, oh, I love my kids and I think they're great. Like, no, there's a lot of days where I'm like, I don't like you today. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of my face. Like, you're bugging me, you know? But at the end of it, like, I do. I love them unconditionally. It doesn't, you know, I still have moments where I'm like, I don't know how to parent you, you know? Oh, and I'm like, Kimberly, my sister, do you want to step in? Because she's just <laughs> right? like you. She cries all the time, like, you know? And I'm I'm learning, but it, it does. Going through something so big and people giving me grace while going through big stuff helps me give grace to my kids because this is the most they've ever been through. Mm-hmm. So I try to, and I think actually, Becky, you talked about that when we spoke before. You're like, this is... They don't know anything besides this, right? Right. And so this is the biggest deal to them, that their genes are ripped and their favorite pair of, you know. And it's like, oh, God, it's not a big deal. Like, you didn't have to go through a divorce. I'm like, okay, well, like, genes are what they know right now. Mm -hmm. And their genes being ripped mean they are not going to feel as confident on this date or go on the, you know. So we need to figure out the genes, you know. So making that thing important to them validates that feeling. And that's how I honor their I'm saying this loosely, but grief, you know, yeah. because we all have our things, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if we can do that more with each other, then it will help us all move through things mm-hmm. a lot more eloquently than mm-hmm. we do. I Girl. think if I can sum Shelly Smith up and in, in one thing that I just really super have always admired about you is I feel like professionally and personally, you are leading the way in giving people an example of how to live honestly mm-hmm. and how to be truly authentic and not like buzzword authentic. I like, hate look that at word. my dirty laundry. I'm a real person. <laughs> like, no doubt, we all have dirty laundry. Oh my gosh. But like, truly showing what it is like to walk through life with the good and the bad and doing it only as you can. And I think that, especially with the connection with the kids and talking professionally, that you the connection with your audience that is what that honesty is what creates connection Mm, it's what creates connection with parents and kids and I love what you said too because I think as moms especially of girls because I try to do the same thing I'll tell my Mm -hmm. kids 
they'll say, how do you, how did you do that? How'd you get it done? And I was like, it was really hard. And because I did that, guess what? I didn't get to do this today. And I want them to understand that everything has a cost, that, that it's, it's not super mom and everything's perfect, but like that it's real people because I want them to always feel the permission to be real and to be themselves and to feel their emotions. And I think you do a beautiful job of being yeah. an example of that. So nice. Yes, thank absolutely. You. Well, thank you. You're Seriously, welcome. thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> yes. Thanks for sharing the Rice Krispie Treat experience with yeah. us. <laughs> it meant a lot to me because <laughs> Cubby's Rice Krispies, <laughs> best ever. Do it again. <laughs> heard. But we really do appreciate you. And we really, I, I was going to say we hope, but honestly, we know that there are going to be many who listen mm-hmm. who have felt a stirring. They have felt things very specific for them that are, you know, you being willing to open your mouth has been a conduit for that. So thank you, Shelly. I hope so. We seriously Thanks. love you. And friends, we thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel, and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on, and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Gucci over here. I'm gonna be the one who doesn't say anything. I'm just no, gonna watch whatever. you guys. No. <laughs> Dirty mouth. No, Higgins. when you turn toward her, I'm, and I'm like, oh, this is actually Becky and Becky Proudfit and Shelly. That's enough. That's enough right there. <laughs> not gonna bit. lie. Not gonna lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. That's a pretty, show. pretty fantastic. That's a show right there. <laughs> pretty fantastic. I just want to hear you. Let me hear oh, your voice. Hello. Ooh. Hi. Ooh. I know. Salty. Tell me how you felt about the rice krispie treat. <gasps> the rice krispie treats were so good. <laughs> Salty, brown buttery, not too sweet, mm-hmm. not too marshmallowy, marshmallowy enough. Yes. Dang. Tell me more. <laughs> I know. I had one. Can bite. you understand why I buy them in mass quantities? I mean, I eat eat an alarming, alarming. Here's the deal: when I make rice krispie treats, no matter how much butter and freaking um, what are the marshmallows, Marshmallows. I swear they're like hard as a rock the next day. I'm like, oh, Hmm. like I follow all the recipes. I think you need more butter. So whatever the recipe says, double the butter and brown it first. But let's be honest; even then, they're not as good as Cubby's. Yeah, things always taste better when other people make them. I make the um, the fruity pebbles rice krispie treats at my cabin all the time. So good. So bad for you. But see, this is why I don't have soda at my house besides LaCroix. And I don't have Rice Krispie treats in the state I live in. Because I would literally eat nothing and drink nothing all the day long. (laughs) It's fine.